Hi, I'm Mary B. Seyfried, and welcome to the Unsuitable Podcast. Today on the Unsuitable Podcast, I'm going to talk to Jennifer Bangs. She is an actor, she's a singer, she's a writer. I met her through a writer's group at church. It's the same writer's group where I met Nana, my guest from episode one. Jennifer's going to tell us about her show that she's written and is performing in called She Bangs, She Bangs. Um, she's going to give you all of the details on how you can see that show later in the podcast. I'm going to read you her bio so that you know all of the details about her career and what she's been working on. Jennifer is an actor and singer who loves to connect with people through their real-life, in-your-face, guts-on-the-stage stories. She Bangs, She Bangs is her second solo show after Well, which made its debut in the Lone Star State. Jennifer appeared in the recent film Speech and Debate with Cal Penn and Janine Garofalo and was the original female singer in the cover band, Cover Band. Jennifer was a finalist in the Center for Faith and Works annual Cultural Renewal Project, where She Bangs, She Bangs was born. Jennifer has performed all over the world, most recently at the Sarajevo National Theater in Bosnia. Regionally, she has played Eliza in My Fair Lady, Louisa in The Fantastics, and Maureen in Rent. But her favorite role ever is Mama Bear to her two cubs. She has a BFA from NYU. You can check out more of her work at jenniferbangs.com. I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. So enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Really excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. Good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. The snow it. is melted, so that makes me happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, for those of you non-New Yorkers listening, we had the most insane... Random. Random snowstorm yesterday. Snow, it was a full-on snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> there are tree limbs down everywhere. I just, I felt like walking down the sidewalk, I was really taking my life into my hands. Yeah. There was a girl on Facebook, a friend of a friend, who posted that she'd... <laughs> She said, I've fallen down so many times today with my ukulele. It's just too much. <laughs> so just imagine this girl with like a, u- with ukulele, a ukulele walking down the street, falling down multiple times. Just whipping it. Yeah. Well, I, and, um, I ended up looking at a bunch of apartments last night in the oh, middle right. of it and just trekking all around the Upper East Side. <sighs> and my broker was wearing the worst shoes and just was slip sliding That's everywhere. That's on her. She knows better. Come on. <laughs> Wear some galoshes. <laughs> I, I agree. She was like, I don't know. These shoes are usually fine. I had no. on my full, like, snow boots. Snow boots. Because <laughs> you're from the around. south. You're like, yeah. I'm not going to mess around. Right, right. <laughs> Any amount of snow. But, I mean, I felt like I was back in the south a little bit with how dramatic everything was. With That's the snow. It was dramatic, yeah. Like, bus- buses crashing. There were, like, buses really? abandoned on <laughs> Third Avenue. <laughs> Just, like taking up the entire road and I mean ambulances and fire trucks it was insane <laughs> I was like am I back in North Carolina I'm so confused yes. right now yes you are <laughs> well Jennifer I'm really really excited that you're here and really excited to to talk to you today great um could you tell me about a time that you felt unsuitable yes um that's a great question that's a great word thank you um the the first thing that comes to mind is there was a period of time where I was married and my husband had left me for about a about a year and a couple months before he 
moved back in, he had his 10-year high school reunion. And we had agreed to go. Mm -hmm. We weren't completely back together yet, but we had been talking. And we go to his 10-year high school reunion, and he's walking around and introducing me to his entire class. And he Mm -hmm. keeps introducing me as Jennifer. He'd be like, hi, this everyone, this is Jennifer. He would not use the words my wife. And that oh. I just felt like this knife in the back of me every single time so he said awkward. that. And if I don't Yeah, like when when you said unsuitable, that was the first thing that came to mind of just like I wasn't suited to be his wife. Even mm. though I was, he didn't want to introduce me to all of his high school classmates that he was still very good friends with as his wife. So I was just Jennifer, which of course meant nothing to these people. They were right. like, what does that mean? But right. he wanted to keep it ambiguous. So yes, that's oh what I think of. Gosh, I can't even imagine being in what I would do in that situation. I mean, do you, you couldn't correct. Him, I just smiled right? and said, hello. <laughs> and then made sure I weaved it into the conversation somewhere. Yeah. Our children yeah. and our home. Yeah. <laughs> Made sure they knew. Yeah, flashed my left exactly hand a few times. What yeah. your role was. <laughs> um, well, you're in a, a slightly different position than the other guests that I've had, um, where you've been married before but are now single. Correct. Um, and you've actually written a show about your marriage and divorce. Yeah. Um, that is playing. It's it's run. It's finishing its run. There mm-hmm. we go. I do theater um, <laughs> on December 1st. Yes. And I would love for you to talk about your show. Yeah. it's uh, So my last name is Bangs. So it's called She Bangs, She Bangs, love Marriage, that. thank you, Marriage, Adultery, Texas, and Jesus. And um, for 10 years, I was married to a man. And for the majority of our 10 years together, it was a fight to keep the family intact and keep the marriage alive And I was the only one fighting for the marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, He had an affair, uh, was gone for a year, and I was on my face every day praying that he would come back, and he eventually did. And during that time, I thought, oh, I'm going to write a book about this, Um, because there weren't a lot of books about people who had fought for their marriages alone. Mm. There are a lot of books written by therapists and things like that, but not a lot of firsthand accounts. So I thought, I'm going to write a book. So... My husband came back and I thought, great, I'm going to publish this book. And so I was writing it. And then a couple years later, I had an affair with a married man. Hmm. And I thought, well, there goes the book. (laughs) And then then my husband and I got divorced. And I was like, there really goes the book. And then as time wore on, I I stayed in the relationship with with that man. And I realized that all the things that I had been told in my fight for my marriage of what my husband was saying and, and mm-hmm. the conversations he was having with the mistress and all that stuff, I found that as the mistress, I was having those exact same conversations. Wow. And I realized that uh, my position on marriage and my belief in fighting for your marriage alone was actually the same as the mistress and as the wife. Mm. And so then I thought, wait, I actually do have a book here. I actually do have a voice yeah. about this. Um, I've looked at marriage and adultery from both sides and to me, they say the same thing. So that's what my show is about. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a one-woman show. Yeah. It's, it, the, 
that phrase is tricky because sometimes you hear one woman show and you kind of like roll your eyes. You're like, oh, this person's purging themselves on stage for an hour, you know, or like you hear cabaret and you're like, okay, it's some like cheesy situation. So I, it's like a cross between a cabaret, a one woman show and like a live band. I had a friend of mine who saw it say, it's a theater piece that just happens to have one person in it. And I think that's the best way to describe it. So I sing little bits and pieces of popular music throughout the story. It's one through line narrative with, um, intercut with, with a live band singing a couple of, or not a couple, quite a few different bits of popular music. So Mm -hmm. the audience can listen to new material and also hear a familiar material and their brains can kind of relax while they're listening to a familiar song and then re-engage with a unique story. So that's, that's a really smart way to craft it. I I I don't know. Yeah. I did something similar to this about 15 years ago, completely different subject, but same format. And it seemed to work really well. I mean, it's not rocket science, but Mm -hmm. nobody, so nobody really does it exactly like this. Uh, So that's why it's hard to define. So yeah, so it's, uh, it's a different type of show, but it's, uh, it, it's a little over an hour and people that have come have said that they were not expecting what they saw and, and were quite pleased <laughs> with <laughs> what the show is. I'm very honest. I'm very, I, I leave nothing behind. I hold nothing back. Right. Um, I have no shame. So I just put it all out there and I think people appreciate that candor. Yeah. Um, what kind of audience are you getting? Are you getting like just regular theater goers? Are you getting, I'm getting, I'm getting all over the map. I'm really, I have a, a wide social circle. Um, and so I have pushed, (laughs) uh, in all my social circle, all my circle, social circles, I've pushed in all my social circles, um, the show. And so I've had, you know, Parents from my son's school come. I've had uh, friends of mine from college that found me on Facebook come. I've had agents come. I've had press come. I've had um, a friend of mine put out a uh, a blurb to his divorced men's group. Okay. So I've had those people come. So uh, I think the only people the show is not good for are people that are not interested in relationships. Like they're like, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. Okay. I don't, I don't ever want to be with someone. I, I'm happy, asexual. Okay. I don't know if I think maybe this show would not be so great for them. <laughs> but for anybody who cares about relationships romantically in any way, shape, or form, they will appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you mentioned that um, you have a son. Yes. Yeah. Um, has he? I'm, has he seen the show? No, no, yeah. <laughs> no. It involves much of his father's behavior. So, yeah. um, uh, no. He he's seen the first fifteen minutes of it, okay. and because that's when his father and I got together, and it's all happy happy stories. Mm-hmm. And he liked that part, but then when it turns, he didn't like that part so much. So I can he's, imagine he stopped. Yeah, yeah. I have not. And it's it's very R rated. Like it's yeah. language. I drop a lot of curse words. So, um, it's not for him. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that sounds like, um, I don't know. I'm not a mom, but I feel like I would want to kind of invite my kid into my work process. But at the same time, like if it's 
something that's so personal, it seems like it would be a really tricky thing to balance and handle. Do you yeah. That? Yeah. I mean, he, he knows all the songs from the show cause he, okay. I, and again, they're like most of the music people would recognize. And so he, um, he knows those songs cause he hears me practicing them. But when okay. I, when I get to the part where I'm actually speaking about the story of my life, I close the door and he does not listen. And I tell him sometimes, I'm like, don't listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a very obedient child, so he doesn't. He's very good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, can you talk about how uh, motherhood has kind of informed your perspective on being a single woman um, and being a Christian woman? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's really affected me as in my faith or like as a Christian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much feel the same in my faith, having a child or not having a child. Uh, but it definitely affects me as a single woman. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up and I would look into my future, I always saw a husband. Mm-hmm. I never saw children. Okay. Ever. I never imagined me holding a baby. I never imagined me having a child. I never, ever imagined having kids. Um, I thought I probably would because that's what most people do. Right. But... I just never thought of kids. And so the fact that now I'm living a life where I don't have a husband mm-hmm. and I do have children, it's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it definitely changes the kind of man that I'm looking for. Uh-huh. I find myself now looking for a man who is older, who doesn't okay. want small children, mm-hmm. um, or who doesn't want a baby, I should say, of his own, because um, I'm not giving him one. And um, <laughs> Or I'm looking for somebody who actually has kids so they can understand the baggage that I come with mm-hmm. being a single parent and having an ex to deal with. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of baggage and that's a lot for somebody who doesn't have children or an ex to take on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a good person can take on those things, yeah. you know. And I think that says a lot about somebody, someone's maturity level and their their capacity to love someone very well if they have never been married and don't have children and end up marrying someone who does have children or does have an ex-spouse, um, that's a special kind of person. So I give more, I give even more props to those people. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure going through a divorce is, is obviously a very hard and trying thing. Um, were you able to find a really good community Hmm. No, I didn't have any community when I went through my divorce. Zero. Um, I also moved in the middle of my divorce. Oh, okay. So you moved from LA to New York? Yeah. So, uh, the way, the way that my story went is, uh, we, my husband and I had broken up in California, got back together after a year, a very long year. Mm-hmm. And we started working and healing and growing and we were doing so well that we thought, hey, we should move back to where my hometown is in Texas. Oh, okay. And we decided to adopt a child. Mm-hmm. We had our own biological child at that point. And then we thought, let's adopt. So let's go back, especially if we're going to adopt now and have family around us. So we moved back to Texas. So once we landed in Texas, we didn't have any support system. Mm-hmm. And our marriage started falling apart again. Okay. And and because it was falling apart, we just couldn't really find a community. Mm. We were so messy and broken at that point. And then we decided to move again after a couple of years 
and then that's when the divorce started. Okay. So, so then I was moving into a new city, and um, at this point in time, I was also having an affair, and so there was like the huge guilt factor of like, yeah. you know, I can go into a church and be like, oh, I'm getting divorced, feel sorry for me, but then like be like, oh, but I'm also having an affair. So <laughs> it it's like yeah. I just there was a period of time where I remember sitting in church and thinking. I feel so hypocritical, hypocritical being here, mm. but I was like, you know what? I think God would rather have me here mm. than not be here. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to keep coming into church with my sin, sin that I knew I was not going to like eradicate from my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, not going to walk out of church and be like, all right, I'm ending this relationship. It's so bad. Right. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to. I knew that I was going to walk into that church pray and then walk out of that church and still not break up and break mm-hmm. off this relationship. Um, and, and I did, it, it felt, it felt very, very unsettling to me, especially since I had grown up, I was, I had been such a good Christian girl mm-hmm. my whole life. And I had been such a good Christian wife and had fought so hard for my marriage that it was a very unsettling feeling. But, um, I figured that's kind of what grace is about and mm-hmm. just continuing to come back to God and knowing that he'd rather have me there than mm. not be there. Have you since found some community? Yeah, there? definitely. I just, uh, I was part of a church when I first moved here and it was great. Met some amazing, uh, friends through that, but I didn't really feel that it was my home church. And about four months ago I joined a new church and okay. I'm so in love with this church. I'm so happy to be there. It's, it's made a huge difference having that, that home base. Yeah. 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 And especially in a city like New York, that can feel very isolated. Um, Absolutely. For me, walking around feeling very alone, but surrounded by so many people. Um, so that's, I'm glad that you found that. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's strange living in New York where, yeah, you, you're literally bumping into people at all seconds, yet they're not your friends. You don't know them. Yeah. I, in fact, today, like I, my, I think my neighbor works out on Fridays at like eleven o'clock because, mm-hmm. like, for about an hour every Friday, I hear this dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> like right above me, and I'm like, okay, this person, like, I'm now starting to understand this person above me, like, like cycle in her life, like or uh-huh. his life, like uh-huh. I'm assuming it's a woman. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm starting to know like this person's life patterns. Yeah. But I have no idea who it is. Right. I don't like. I could walk. I could pass that person's street. I would have no idea that that's my upsta- upstairs neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if it's just because people are coming and going at such vastly different times. Yeah. But I don't know any of my neighbors. No. I don't really see them. No. Ever. I no. sometimes, you know, I do see people occasionally, but there have been times where I'm like, As, am I the only one who lives, lives here? here in this building? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I think it's so important that we do know our neighbors, but I think when you live in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. especially as a single female, mm-hmm. you're like, because uh, I've often thought, oh, I should have like an apartment party and invite mm-hmm. my neighbors over and yeah. get to know my neighbors. But then I'm like... Uh, what if they're crazy and yeah. then like now they're living next door to me and mm. that's probably not a safe idea. They know where you live. They know they where know I live. All of the stuff you have. They have they all, know yeah. that there's no like 
husband or boyfriend or whatever yeah. there with you. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I have a little boy. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it, it, it poses an interesting question of who your neighbor is and what, how you're called to love your neighbors. Cause I think, I, th- I just don't think you can as a single woman just befriend all your neighbors in your yeah. apartment building. I just don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I find myself really hesitant to, I mean, I'm really introverted, so that's part of it, uh-huh. um, but I find myself really hesitant to go and, like, knock on people's doors right. and, I don't know, leave them baked goods or something, right. like, neighborly. Right. Just, Would you eat baked goods if it arrived on no, your porch? No, absolutely just be like, not. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know what's in that. This is New York. You get the whole spectrum of yeah. human beings. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of friends, would you tell me about a good friend of yours? It, it can be past or present. Oh, it's such a great question. Uh, we don't talk a lot about friends, do we? Mm. Um, the first person that comes to mind is a, is a newer friend. Um, I met her in the, the church that I was going to, but wasn't a part, wasn't a part of the membership there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I, met this woman a couple of years ago and the second I met her I thought oh I really like her I was part of this uh intensive called Gotham which is under the umbrella of the Center for Faith and Work mm-hmm. which is under the umbrella of Redeemer Presbyterian Church mm-hmm. and it's a 9 month intensive where you integrate your faith into your area of industry mm-hmm. and so we all, there were 40 of us and we all met together and I was paired up with this woman as my quote unquote prayer partner. And I just fell in love with her. There was something so fascinating about her. And even though she's a little bit younger than me, I always saw her as older because she was just so incredibly wise. Mm -hmm. And then about six months ago, I was praying um, about these different things going on in my life, you know, starting the show and putting it up. And I was like, God, I really would like a prophet. I would like a prophet to like come into my life and just kind of lay some things out for me. That would be really wonderful. And I had made plans that day to go out with my friend for lunch. We're sitting down and she starts talking to me again. And again, as she's speaking to me, I'm just thinking, this woman is so wise. I just, I, everything that comes out of her mouth, I just feel like is so weighted with like beauty and truth. And she kind of pauses halfway between her words, and she's like, well, I mean, God's given me the gift of prophecy. And so, and then she keeps talking, and I'm like, oh, okay, A, thank you, God, for the prophet answer to prayer. And then B, no wonder I've liked this girl so much. I've been speaking with a prophet for two years (laughs) and didn't even really, I didn't, it it all fell into place and connected at that point in time. So, yeah, one of my my best friends has the gift of prophecy, which is a really cool gift to have in a best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. Well, I imagine it's, it's good, but sometimes maybe, um, challenging. In a way. No. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes she'll say things and I'm thinking, okay, is that from God or is that just from her? Yeah. Uh, but she's really good about keeping her mouth shut okay. and, and waiting for the spirit to kind of move her to say something. And then sometimes she'll just be like, Girl, this is just what I think, and yeah. this is not necessarily coming from the Holy Spirit. So, right. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> That's good to have that discernment. Yeah, balance. Yes, she's is, very discerning. Is um, <laughs> she has a gift of discernment and prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> twofer. Yeah, she's a twofer. twofer. Yeah. She's a twofer friend. <laughs> um, 
Do you feel like you guys kind of complement each other, balance each other out? Or you know, I are always, more similar? No, I always feel like I have the better end of the deal in our friendship. Um, but she told me when we first were becoming friends that I reminded her of a friend that she had lost through a falling out mm. and that she is often, and she, she sometimes will bring up this friend when we have a conversation. She'll be like, you know, you are not speaking to me the way that she did. Mm. And I'm so grateful because it, it, it's, it's almost for her. Like I'm kind of like a, um, not a replacement friend, but kind of like if her relationship had been, had not had a falling out, this is kind of what the relationship would look like because mm. I think that was a very, that was a very deep wound in her heart because she loved this woman so much. And so I've kind of, I guess, been like a healing factor mm. through that. Um, so I, I guess that's, you know, maybe that balances our relationship out. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like I have the better end of the deal in our <laughs> friendship. <laughs> Is she also single? No, uh, she has, I think I've told her before, 50% of what I love most about her mm -hmm. is her husband. Mm -hmm. I have never in my life seen a marriage so, uh, so magical, so powerful, mm -hmm. so incredible. Um, and part of what Part of what makes her marriage so incredible is that uh, it's an interracial marriage, mm -hmm. and she's dealing with uh, deep Southern racism mm -hmm. on her side, okay. and uh, and on his side, he's dealing with some some other things as well. And so, it, just seeing their fight for their marriage with mm -hmm. each other in the face of so much racism and separation and um, negativity, I think it makes their relationship even more beautiful because mm. you're just like, these are two people that love each other. Mm. Uh, it's wonderful. So, no, she's not single. She, she got snatched up. He got snatched <laughs> up. They both snatch each other up. There you go. There you go. Um, so with her being married, having yeah. a husband, and you, you know, having – children. Yeah. Um, how do you prioritize that friendship? How do you make time for each other? That's a great question. I find I'm going to, I'm going to kind of make it more of a general question versus sure. just specifically her. Great. Um, but I think single parents really need friends who are a little more flexible mm -hmm. with their time and where they can mm. meet with their single parent friend. Yeah. Um, and I know that's, that's a tall order. Uh, cause I was single once with, mm -hmm. and had friends with children and I just, it wasn't that I was indifferent to their hardship. I just, it just didn't enter my brain. Like, right. Oh, I need to be sensitive to her schedule because she's got kids and needs to like right. figure things out and, and can't meet me over on this side of town. I really should probably go closer to her. Mm. And so I just encourage single people uh, or even married people, just people that don't have kids, mm -hmm. if they have friends that are single parents, 
just be a little more attuned and a little more sensitive to their schedule and be willing to kind of go a little bit out of your way Mm -hmm. to accommodate them Mm -hmm. Um, because they're already accommodating another soul, another couple of souls, depending on how many kids they have. They're already, you know, juggling so many things, trying to make a number of lives work that if you can be amenable to their situation that's super helpful so my friend does a very good job of that she's Mm -hmm. like I can come to you what is a good time for you um that's wonderful yeah that's a huge a huge gift yeah um I find myself um being less accommodating mainly because I am not I don't know I'm not a kid person right um and so is like you were saying, it's a little bit out of my yeah. You're not thinking about frame it. of reference right. to even understand what that is like. And I've had friends and mentors who have children and have had to you know work around that. Um, but I think that kind of flexibility for someone, I'm used to being on my own and not having to check my schedule with anyone, mm-hmm. um, and to not have to consider you know I live in this studio by myself and Mm -hmm. so I can come and go as I please um so I think it's really great especially with her you know being married a lot of marriages can get very insular I think and so for her to be willing to step out um and meet you you know kind of over halfway is a really remarkable thing I think yeah absolutely and it also speaks to her actual marriage too in the sense that that's the kind of dynamic that they have where mm-hmm. they don't feel like they have to be on top of each other all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. So, but I also too, I, I think, <laughs> I think to married couples and single parents also use their spouse or their children as an excuse mm-hmm. too. So, you know, I have a friend who's got a million children and I'll be like, let's go out, let's do something. And she's like, oh, I can't have the kids. And I'm like, that's an excuse. That's actually not <laughs> a real reason. Um, so also to single people, maybe make sure your single friend, single parent friends aren't using their kids as an excuse not right. to go out and do things. Right. Because they're being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even have kids and I find excuses to not go out. So <laughs> I totally get that. Like, you can use anything as an excuse. Go out in the snow, which I did go out last night and meet up with friends. I Good. was very proud of myself. It's like, I could do that or I could stay here on my couch right. in my sweatpants. Yeah, that sounds very nice comfortable. too. <laughs> but no, I did force myself to go out last night. But um, yeah, that's a very real struggle. Um, will you tell me one thing that's hard and one thing that's great right now? Just, just in general, hard, general, great. Mm-hmm. Um, like it could be anything. It could be It's anything. just like, I could take that question however. One thing that's hard and one thing that's great. <clears throat> one thing that's hard is riffing for me and singing. Mm-hmm. I have the most, I have the fattest I always think of like a fat person like trudging up the stairs when I try to riff. Like, oh my ah. gosh, yes. No, I- my voice is like, I can't move that fast. <laughs> um, so riffing is so hard. <laughs> There's a girl that has the thing like breaking down the riffs or whatever online. Uh-huh. And 
she's like, I can teach anybody to riff. And I will go and listen to her videos. And I'm like, well, you cannot teach me. Like, no. I think I should reach out to her and be like, you, you want a challenge, girl? Yeah. Okay, so that's hard. Uh, what's great? Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. Yes. All of them? or All of them. Okay. All of them. Even like the newest one. There was a, a yes. semi-new one? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've seen it. It's amazing. Good. Awesome. <laughs> well, before you go, will you tell us when and where we can see your show? Yes. So the next show is Saturday, December 1st at 5 p.m. The show lasts about an hour and 15 minutes, so you'll be out of there in, in, by 6.15, okay. 6.30 at the latest if we start Great. late. Uh, it is at Don't Tell Mama, which is 343 West 46th Street. Okay. It's in the Broadway area. It's close to every single train. And it's a $20 ticket to get in, and then there's a two-drink minimum. Okay. You can also eat food there, so that could be your dinner. Right. And the, you can also order, if you, like, are on a budget, um, you can order water. And I think, it like, sparkling water, it comes out to, like, $13 total. Yeah. So um, it's a good cause. Come <laughs> out. You'll in, I guarantee, I guarantee. In fact, I'll give your money back. I will, I will give you your money back <laughs> if you don't enjoy the show. Yeah. That's how confident I am yeah. that you will like it. Um, can people buy tickets in advance? Yeah, if you go to donttellmamanyc.com. Actually, no. Go to shebangshebangs.com. Okay. And um, that's my website for the show. And you can make your reservation online or you can call. You don't pay, though, over the phone or okay. online. So it's just nice. Okay. You just go and reserve your ticket. I definitely would. There, um, <clears throat> I think we're going to possibly be close to selling out okay. for this Saturday or uh, December 1st. And so just call and just put your name on the list. That's all you have to do. Or yeah. go online and put your name on the list. Right. It's really easy. Again, you don't have to pay. You just make. You just ensure you get a seat. Yeah. And is it cash? Do you have to bring cash? Or- it is cash only. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Good okay. question. You're welcome. And I'm going to put all of that link and the link to your website in the um, episode description. So. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. It's been a really great conversation. Great. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Jennifer Banks for coming on the show. I hope to see you many of you on December 1st at Don't Tell Mama for She Bangs, She Bangs. It's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And a huge shout out to Chad Rawlinson, my sound editor. He also wrote the theme music for this podcast. Really great, consistently making me sound like a million bucks, and I'm super grateful for all of his hard work. If you know someone who you think should be on the show, Or if you have something that you would like me to talk about on the show, head over to my website, marybesafred.com, and go to the Contact Me page and just shoot me an email. I would really love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Talk to you all later.